The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? It is the Orange and Black Insider slash the Cincy Jungle postgame show. And wow, what a result. What a thriller by the Cincinnati Bengals in Jacksonville taking on the, the Jaguars who were vying for the top seed in the AFC playoff picture. The Bengals come in battered their top cornerback or one of their top cornerbacks, however you want to view it. Freshly placed on IR and Cam Taylor Britt. Of course, Joe Burrow on IR. Backup quarterback Jake Browning coming off of an eh performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So not a lot of faith from a lot of folks about the Bengals going in there. And number one, keeping it overly competitive. And number two, coming out of there with a win. But that's just what they did. That is just what they did. The Cincinnati Bengals prevail in overtime against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 34-31. And I've got so many thoughts, so many different things that we need to talk about tonight. I know it's late for a lot of you. I appreciate there, there are a number of you joining us live on a number of different platforms. I appreciate it. I'm Anthony Cazenza, contributor over at CincyJungle.com, one of the hosts of this show. And if you're new here, awesome. Welcome. Been around these parts for a while. Good to see all of you, and uh, hello to all of you in the chats, whether it's on the Cincy Jungle Facebook page, whether it's in our YouTube chat, or on Twitter in the spaces. Uh, I don't know if you can leave comments or not, but um, hey, whatever, we'll be there. Uh, But good to see all of you, good to hear from all of you, and uh, keep those comments rolling. We'll kind of scroll through a bunch and uh, maybe get to a couple questions if we can, but Man, what a game. And and here's the thing with it. I know last week was – there was an air a little bit of hope because that game was competitive, 
against a Steelers team that was vying for a playoff spot in its own right. So there's a little bit of hope that you're like, man, they, you know, they really lost that game in one position. Yeah, it kind of got away from it at the end a little bit, but they were in that game for the most part, and you kind of felt like, man, there's just one or two, you know, couple couple of plays where you go, man, that just that game would have been different. Um, they lose that one to the Steelers, and you go, okay, maybe it's just not meant to be. Maybe they are going to lose out the rest of the year here, and maybe that's for the best. That's that that was kind of the prevailing sentiment. And they came out against this Jacksonville team, a much better Jacksonville team than that Pittsburgh Steelers team. And they, I mean, they didn't back down. They didn't shy away from anything. They did a lot of things. uh, Play calling wise, I think we can kind of tip our cap this week. There were still some questionable moments in this one, but far fewer. And I think you saw a play call a play design that was far more catered to Browning's strengths this week as opposed to last week um you know I think they kind of said well we didn't really water down the playbook we gave him basically the burrow playbook and here you go there were some elements of that this week but there were other elements that allowed the Bengals to be more efficient on the ground in the run game Chase Brown had some nice nice runs and nice plays for the Bengals this week Joe Mixon, the same. And yeah, there were still the handful of plays where you go, oh, maddening screen pass play, you know, setting up the running back screen that goes for a yard, right? The, the Tyler Boyd interception that, you know, almost led to the momentum snowballing out of control against the Bengals. And then, of course, you know, the, the other pass play earlier where Chase was throwing a ball and it netted minus seven yards back to Browning. There was... There's a really funny graphic on ESPN. I mean, I don't remember exactly the stat line at the moment in time that they put it up there, but essentially they showed Jake Browning's stat line, which was, you know, hyper-efficient touchdown, no turnovers, that sort of thing. And then they showed, you know, Chase and Boyd, and it was, you know, 0 for 2, minus 7 yards and an interception. So it was kind of kind of a funny, uh, funny dichotomy there. But at any rate, the Bengals come out victorious. There were times in this game where you go, man, they really actually could have taken this one away from the Jaguars earlier. You know, I mean, yeah, the chase minus seven yard pass play on that drive that set up the long field goal that doinked off the crossbar from Evan McPherson. And, 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 you know, I mean, there are a couple of other opportunities to fumble late in the game by uh, CJ Beathard, where you go, man, that, that was kind of going right towards DJ Turner, we had a pretty good game, by the way, DJ Turner, all in all. Um, you know, I mean, there were some uh, there were some sketchy moments, but there are a lot of good plays by DJ Turner. I think really as a rookie corner, being thrust in a bigger role than you maybe expected for him right away, I think overall he's playing better than expected. So, you know, you have, you have him making some plays, battles in there making some plays. Dax Hill kind of had a rough one, but uh, still in there making some plays. And the Bengals... You know, they let up some some runs late, uh, did their defense that you you wish they didn't, but for the most part, they were pretty stout and pretty stout on important short yardage situations. Um, you know, I mean, there was a couple of third down stops and, you know, really kind of forced them to do some things on fourth and short that uh, Jacksonville didn't, you know, expect to happen. And, of course, the prevailing storyline 
the prevailing, I don't know if you want to call it an opinion or whatever, but of course we all hope that Trevor Lawrence ends up being healthy and okay. We'll have to see exactly what happened. He seemed to, I don't, I don't like to speculate, but just given his reaction, there seemed, he seemed to believe that something was pretty seriously wrong. I mean, throwing the helmet, uh, grimacing and kind of almost yelling that sort of thing. And uh, obviously being helped off the field and, you know, kind of having his arms around a couple of trainers and whatnot. So first and foremost, hope he's okay. There are far too many severe injuries happening to franchise quarterbacks, not only this year, but late last year. I mean, you could look at Kyler Murray, of course, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins. You look at the one tonight, hopefully it's not a super serious one. It didn't look great for Trevor Lawrence. And then, you know, you saw Tua last year, a couple concussions, and um, the list goes on and on this year as well. So hope he's okay. You know, some of the, some of the pundits would say, you know, the Bengals probably wouldn't have won this game without, you know, if Trevor Lawrence didn't go out injured. Maybe, maybe not. Um, they had, they, you know, the Bengals had a lead at, uh, at one point with Trevor Lawrence in this game, things began to snowball on them. Uh, it became a 28, 21 game. I believe that's what it was when he left the game and then the Bengals ended up coming back. So, um, I mean, but Lawrence played the better part of uh, the game, and he played pretty well. There were some throws he missed here and there, but he played pretty well. And, you know, when that Tyler Boyd interception happened, that's kind of when things were were getting a little topsy-turvy. But overall, you know, I mean, the Bengals did a lot. And they – they this is a game uh, – you know, you hear this all the time, and I put this tweet out for those who follow me on, on Twitter. This is a game – of inches football is a game of inches you hear that motto that adage all the time and i hate to be that old school you know blah 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 but this game really exemplified that in a lot of different respects let's just look at the field goal game shall we the field goal game in this one was very it plays right into that right? It plays right into that. Browning hits the crossbar from 57. His career long is 59. So, you know, I mean, he's made it before. It's, I mean, it's, it's winter uh, and granted that it it is down South. So it's a little warmer, but I mean, you know, winter air, thicker air, that sort of thing that could play all kinds of different games with the trajectory and all kinds of different stuff going on with your kicks. But the fact of the matter is that you know, Elliot, uh, Elliot, I was uh, thinking about Jake Elliott. McPherson hits the crossbar on a 57 yarder, uh, doinks out. Right. And that, that could have given the Bengals some, some early points that they needed there. And then of course you look later and the Jaguars kicker 48 shanks it right. And so that was three big points missed there. Then in between, there are so many other opportunities really for both teams i'm i am looking at it more from the Bengals side but when you look at it from both teams perspectives you can kind of see man there was a there are opportunities for teams to seize this game in a lot of different ways i mean you can look at the bethard fumble that i mentioned with dj turner at the end of the game don't don't try and scoop and score just fall on the thing and granted there was another you know there was a jaguars player there that kind of obstructed him a little bit so i don't want to you know the point remains right and then 
you look at a, a couple of penalties that were called one on each team where you go, man, you know, there was an illegal contact against DJ Turner. We go, that was phantom late in the game. And then there was a hold on Sam Hubbard where Sam Hubbard really sold that. And I, I did see a hold on that a bit more than the illegal contact, but we've seen worse holds uh, as you watch the replay on that, that, you know, ended up being a completion down the field at the one yard line um, to Ridley late in the game. So, you know, you look at that and you go, okay, uh, you look at the Bengals converting on that last overtime drive, Joe Mixon getting that three quarters of a yard on a, on a third and four inches. And of course the review on the play with Jamar chase getting the catch and it was moved back to a, you know, third and one and a half. And then it ends up being a third and four inches. Big play. It was the right call. I think, I mean, that the, the heel was out. It, they had initially ruled that the heel was out and then it ended up being, you know, Hey, you know, that's not, that's not what's what's happened here. So they moved it up. And I think that was kind of the right call. And then of course there's just that, you know, the muffed punt by the Jacksonville wide receiver, rookie wide receiver that he ended up falling on. Marcus Bailey was right there. Just couldn't, you know, he was just about a step, you know, and it's not a fault of his by any means. It just happened to be that the way that the ball was muffed it, the return man was able to fall on it right away. Dax Hill getting his hands on the interception in the end zone and it just popping into that same wide receiver's hands for a touchdown after it was seemingly secured for <laughs> an interception. It's just, it's, it's wacky. What little milliseconds, what little short yardage can mean in, in this game. And I, you know, it's such a, at times a lame cliche, a lame motto that football is a game of inches. And I, I get it, but there are times in games like this where you go, man, it's, it's true. It's true. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I, good week for the, I told you so's T Brookie. Good week for the, I told you so's. I like it. I kept telling people to give Jake more than one week. Everyone was crushing him and Zach in the organization. It was his first career start. It was his first career start. So that's why last week when I came on the air and did the postgame show, I wasn't ready to, you know, sit here and blast. There are questions, you know, can Jake Browning survive in this league and carry you to at least a couple of wins the rest of the way, make it competitive the rest of the way? Is Zach Taylor going to change the way he is calling plays to better suit the new quarterback? I think Troy Aikman made a really good point this in the telecast this week. And it may or may not be exaggerated, but he basically said that Zach Taylor has basically had to formulate three different offenses this year alone. And here we are in week 13, right? Three different offenses. The offense with Joe Burrow and his calf injury, what he can't could and could not do there. The offensive system with a healthy Joe Burrow and what he could do then. And this, the nice win streak you saw there. And then, of course, another offensive system to a backup quarterback that has some similarities to Joe Burrow, some similar strengths, maybe even weaknesses as Joe Burrow. But, uh, you know, uh, again, it may be a little bit exaggeratory, but I, I, I do buy into that a little bit. I think there have been three offensive systems that the Bengals have had to implement this year based on quarterback injuries, quarterback situations. 
Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. And so here we are. The Bengals are now at 500, 6 and 6 in a weird weird AFC. Weird AFC. The Bengals just beat the Jaguars who are vying for the top seed in Jacksonville. Okay? The Chiefs just lost to a wildly inconsistent Packers team. Maybe they're starting to find their footing though. They've had a couple of nice wins the past couple of weeks. But still, a wildly inconsistent Packers team. They lo- they lose to them. Baltimore seems to be, I guess, the best of the bunch, but who knows what would have happened with them if Burrow was healthy on that Thursday night and played that full game and continued to play this season, right? The Chargers are a mess. They're under 500 with a healthy Justin Herbert and scored six points. On Sunday, the Bills are pretty good, but the Bengals already beat them. So you look across the AFC and you kind of say, well, number one, what could have been with a healthy Joe Burrow? Because there are a lot of, and hey, lump the Bengals in there too, because they've had their warts, especially early in the season and and everything. So lump them in there too of good AFC teams that have had their vulnerabilities. But you look across the board and you go, man, healthy Joe Burrow, what could have been? But you also kind of say, hey, Jake Browning kind of keeps this up. The Bengals kind of keep things afloat. Maybe they sneak into the postseason. You've got an opportunity to face a team that is maybe a little bit down. Even though they've got a good record, even though they've won some good games. I don't I think the Chiefs are very good. I don't think they're the, the same formidable Chiefs team from the past couple of years. I may eat my words on that in a few weeks when the Bengals play them. You've got now the Browns with Joe Flacco. I, I I was not impressed with the Steelers, who now do not have Kenny Pickett. So 
That's another team on the docket. You've got next week Gardner Minshew and the Colts. Gardner Minshew's been playing pretty well, arguably the best backup quarterback in the entire league. Debate to be had after tonight, right? Um, but you look at all of this and you go, man, I, there's some winnable games. And then now the, the Vikings as well. You got some winnable games on the on the slate here for the Bengals. Who knows what happens if you somehow sneak into three or four more wins. And then you draw a team that has been, you know, kind of showing some inconsistency. And let's just say for the sake of argument, let's average out the last two weeks performances by Jake Browning. And you've got a serviceable player at quarterback. And good things happen when you feed the ball to Jamar Chase. I, I don't know about you all. I, I thought that this was, and maybe, Maybe a lot of this where we go, man, that was a hell of an exciting game. That was one of the better games I've seen in a long time by the Bengals. And oh, maybe part of it is just the lack of expectations surrounding this team, lack of expectations surrounding this particular game because of how good the Jaguars are and how good they are supposed to be and how bad the Bengals are supposed to be because they don't have Joe Burrow. But uh, that was a hell of a fun game to watch. Um, it, it started to get almost like, maddening to the point of man i feel like i'm watching burrow and company why are they not seizing more of the opportunities and you go man this isn't even the same <laughs> this isn't even the same team we gotta we gotta temper the expectations here a little bit but um you know yeah it was a really really fun game to watch and good things happen when you feed jamar chase and i thought that this was arguably one of one of his if not top three performances by Jamar Chase. Um, you know, you can look at, you know, the Chiefs regular season game, I think in 21 and that Baltimore game, the put him in a blender game, that sort of thing. A couple of those, but tonight, man, yards were tough to come by at some point, but he had the great catch. He he broke free on the one-on-one -on -one coverage for that 76-yard touchdown. But that guy was still, I mean, there was a hand there, and and it was a great throw. Slowed up a tiny bit. He had to slow up a tiny bit to catch that one. But, I mean, and then the, talk about a game of inches. I just talked about it. Man, oh, man. The bobble. The bobbling catch. The diving bobbling catch on the way to the ground. Uh, again, another, he bobbles that one inch outside of his catch radius. That, that's a drop. And then the Bengals don't kick that field goal and win the game. So. Yeah, uh, I, I think this was one of the best performances by by Jamar Chase, particularly because he had a backup quarterback in this one. And then the other thing I want to point out too, and we'll get to the box score and some other thoughts and stuff in just a minute. But the other thing I want to point out as well is, even though he didn't have the same statistical impact as uh, some of his receiving mates in this one, I think you see the impact of T. Higgins just being on the field. Uh, he had the catch late, which obviously was uh, incredible to extend that drive and obviously get the game-winning field goal. But what he also had was just that he just draws more attention. And when he isn't catching the football, he's drawing attention, and it opens things up more for Jamar Chase. And then inevitably, when teams go bracket him, you can kind of find some things in the shorter middle parts of the field to extend drives to T Higgins. So 
I know it's been a frustrating year, not only for him, I'm sure he's frustrated with how this year has gone for a number of different reasons. I know fans have been like, man, T, but he's great. And and when he's out there, even if he's not putting up numbers in the stat column, he affects the game in a big, big way. And I think that that is worth a, a big contract, whether that is a franchise tag, whether that is a long-term one, we'll see. But I, I think tonight also pointed to that a bit, that his his impact can't be denied. Seeing a couple of other things here, uh, Les Hernandez, Chase Brown has some moves, loved what he did. We'll talk about him in just a second. Bengals Army, good to see you. Who day, see what a what a wild ride at this point. Bengals Army, go check out their podcast too, their YouTube channel. Um, great, uh, great gang over there that do uh, some great work covering the Bengals. So uh, appreciate you. Um, it's Dusty, who uh, I believe heads up that one. So go check out that great show. Good to hear from you. Brandon Hooday, 85. Are we still talking playoffs? Uh, maybe not Jim Mora voice playoffs, but anyway, I mean, they're in there. They're in there. And it's six and six. I think Buffalo was six and six. They have leapfrogged Buffalo. For being in the hunt because they have beaten Buffalo. Um, but you also look back a little bit to a couple of those games, like the Titans game early in the year, and you go, Oh man, if only you could have just taken care of that one. Um, but hey, you know, again, you've got a wild card of a Browns team, you've got a wild card of a Steelers team, and no pun intended with the wild card talk. Um, and then of course, you have uh the Vikings. So there's three winnable games right there. Uh, you do have the Chiefs. You have the Colts coming up this week. I mean, they have a winning record. They're playing some decent football, but I mean, that's not, I, I wouldn't say they're world beaters at this point. I don't want to eat crow next week, but that on paper you've got now, based on what you put forth and who you beat this evening, you've got about three or four more winnable games if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's six and six that puts you close to that double-digit win range if you take care of all of those. Um, it's going to take a game plan. It's going to take, I don't know if it needs to be a world-beating performance like Browning put forth this evening, but it's going to take good and solid performances and more seizing of opportunities that come your way, like, the, like scooping up that Bethard fumble, like jumping on that uh you know bobbled punt and let's just say it took an extra bounce that sort of thing but it's going to take it's going to take stuff like that for you to sneak into the playoffs and then who knows from there and i know a lot of people were on the bandwagon of let's get the high pick let's lose out let's get the high pick i get that that is better long term potentially especially if you strike on a big player but I just, I feel like this is just, if you're able to maintain competitiveness, if you are able to maintain, uh, you know, if you're able to be in the hunt at the very end here, that's, that's also good long-term. That's good for the team morale. That's good for team psyche. That's also good for wooing potential free agents coming in here. And um, Hey, I mean, another big milestone that Zach Taylor has conquered in primetime. And that is a what is it road road play a road primetime game or road Monday night game since 1990 the Bengals haven't won here you go and so you can you can knock Zach Taylor the play caller if you want you can knock him for other things 
but the point, I mean, the fact of the matter is he wins in primetime. He wins in primetime with backup quarterbacks. And he knocks down these dubious milestones that bad Bengals teams have built up over a long period of time. And he knocks them down. So, again, you can you can be critical and there are things to critique for sure. But uh, I think this is a good assessment right here by James Bartley Lisk on, on Facebook. Zach mostly called a good game, but does have a tendency to forget what has worked. A lot worked tonight, uh, other than the stupid gimmicky plays. I think if, I, if I'm just to give my two cents on it, and I, I would like to hear what he has to say about it, I think it, they almost felt like, man, you know, we got we got to get we got to get weird, right? We we, we got to throw something that they're not expecting. We got to do something different. We got to get really crazy because last week that we just hit too many stalls, and I don't think that they expected that the regular plays or the normal plays would be clicking as effectively as they were, particularly early in the game. There were some stretches late where they again stalled out, but I think, you know, that's, that's to be expected in some regards with a backup quarterback. Um, You know, so I I think that's a good assessment though, by James um, talking, you know, I think it was overall pretty good. I, I, you know, I'm, I also, there's a fine line to walk between, Hey, this didn't work or this did. And, you know, when do we bail, when do we bail on this type of mindset? When do we not? But um, I think if you're saying to man, this is, you, you see a couple of those plays, you go, yeah, this just isn't, these trick plays aren't working. Let's just try and line up and, and, you know, do our thing a little bit more. I, I think they would have been better served, but that, but you learn and maybe you, you gain some confidence from this one and you're able to say, let's, let's move on. Let's uh, let's, let's call some more standard, plays here going forward um austin milgram with the with the big shot here we will win the next two games and we got a game against kansas city we know a playoff setting um okay so we're gonna get to the i usually point out the um the i usually use the espn box score just because i like how they lay that out so we'll get to that in just a second again i'm not i'm not jake browning i'm not browning season over here my name's Anthony. In case you are new here, welcome. We got a lot of live viewers. It is late, late, late for some of you. Not so late for me. Um, I'm on the West Coast, but it is late and we've got a ton of viewers. So a lot of people excited about this win. Thank you for tuning in. If you are new here, this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel down on that corner there by the Cincy Jungle icon. There is a an orange and black insider show icon. Click that to subscribe. Click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. Give us a thumbs up on the video if you like what we're doing. We uh, we got, uh, you know, we, we like new peeps. We like our, our regulars too. So we appreciate the support. And of course, go to cincyjungle.com for all your news, opinions, analysis, podcasts, etc. We've got a number of other great shows on the podcast slate in which you can get on their respective YouTube channels or if you like the audio side of things, our show and those shows are available on all of the major audio streamers, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones. We are there. Check it out. I think we're on Amazon Music now, potentially, and other stuff. So go check it out. Go subscribe. Leave us a review there, too, if you can. Appreciate it. Uh, let's get to... And before I get to ESPN, I want to give a shout out. I usually try to do this. But I'm going to pin this real quick. This is a story from Ben Baby, who, 
and Michael DiRocco as well. But Ben Baby does a great job um, covering the Cincinnati Bengals for ESPN. I'm going to try and not let that video load there. But uh, I'm going to pin this article here so you can go check that out. Give him credit because he does great work there. He's been kind to us on this show and has come on to chat some Bengals with us over the years too. So want to give him a shout out since we are going with the ESPN box score that I'm going to show you here in just a second. Man, you're going to, you're going to like some of the, I'm telling you, if you didn't know the stat lines here, you're, you're going to like some of this stuff. This is, this is good stuff here for the Bengals and quite, quite a bit of a stark difference from last week. So here is the box score. We'll get to this. And you know, what was refreshing this week for me, at least was the, you know, last week it was like, yeah, the game was close. But when you looked at the total yards, you looked at a lot of different things. You're like, man, Steelers still kind of dominated, you know, I mean, it, it would have taken a, you know, a, a couple of fluky plays, et cetera, for the Bengals to kind of come through with that one. Uh, this week was not that way. The Bengals were toe to toe, if not better. Uh, I think at one point the Bengals had about 400 yards of total offense to the Jaguars 299 late in the game. So, I mean, it was the Bengals were holding their own to say the very least. And of course the big, big, notation here is at the top what Jake Browning did against the Jaguars. Now there's another talking line and it is down the road and it will take performances like this and or close to it over the next handful of games from Jake Browning. But there is another good, you know, we can talk about, Oh man, if they lose out and they get the high draft pick, well, what if Jake Browning, balls out and plays well and you've got yourself a you know a situation where where teams are just was it matt castle and oh gosh who's the guy that bounced around he's on the packers and he bounced around to the seahawks can't remember his name right now um regardless what if what if he becomes kind of a commodity and, you know, you get Burrow back healthy next year and Jake Browning, who's put up a good audition for himself as a pro, uh, becomes a, a trade commodity. You know, one of the best case scenarios here is if the Bengals remain competitive, Jake Browning plays well and ends up becoming a guy that's coveted around the league. And, and then that's where you kind of rein in a little bit more of some draft capital, but let's, let's not put the cart before the horse here and, and let's just enjoy this one here. 32 of 37. Now, a lot of those completions, yes, were swing passes and wide receiver, you know, bubble screens and all that kind of stuff. I get it. They were, they didn't travel a bunch, but there were a lot of other throws that were pretty impressive. The one to Trenton Irwin, I thought was really impressive. The bobble one, even though it was a, a contested throw, and a great play by Chase. I thought that was still a pretty solid throw. Good throw down the sideline on the one-on-one for the 76-yard touchdown. Regardless, 354 yards passing, the most by a Bengals quarterback this season. Granted, he had almost five quarters to do so. One touchdown, 115.5 rating. Two sacks. One was egregious at the beginning. He needed to get that ball out earlier. But two two sacks for 12 yards, 115.5 rating. 
And then, oh boy, one for two for minus seven yards and an interception from the wide receivers throwing the ball. Here's Lawrence, 22 of 29, 258, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and then also had the rushing touchdown. So he was, I mean, he was putting up numbers. That is for sure, 125.4 rating. And then C.J. Bathard, look at him, 9 of 10. Uh, so he he was putting up numbers as well. And so you can, you can look at that, two sacks. Four sacks in total. It didn't feel like the Bengals had that much pressure that they were generating uh, to, to net four sacks, but that's what they had, uh, 118.1 rating overall for Jacksonville quarterbacks. You look at the rushing, 11 for 45 for Etienne. Um, 71 yards and a 2.8 yards per carry average this week for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Two touchdowns on the ground, but Bengals really clamped down on the rushing game uh, this week as opposed to weeks prior. Uh, Mixon, 19 for 68, 3.6, two touchdowns. Uh, Chase Brown, nice, nice night by him. Nine carries, 61 yards, a 6.8 yards per carry average. Some big holes open for him, including... Uh, one that netted a 31-yard scamper. So um, I think that was the longest of the season for the Bengals, longest run of the season. Browning as well had an awesome 21-yarder late, two for 22 for him on that one. Boyd had an end around for one for five. And then, of course, the big night from Chase, 11 for 149, a touchdown, went over 1,000 yards receiving for the year tonight, including the 76-yarder, 11 catches on 12 targets. I mean, that's and and one was a drop. Uh, close to the end zone, he atoned for it a play or two later, um, but that ball was right there too. So that I mean, you look at this too. I mean, thirty-three catches on thirty-seven targets. That's that's an act. I mean, just in general, that tells you your quarterback's accurate. That tells you you're you're dialing up plays that are high completion percentage plays to get him in a rhythm. I mentioned Higgins before three for 36, but three catches on the three targets and a great, a great one at the end. I think that was the 14 yarder, his long one Hudson proving to be just a solid ancillary weapon for this team. And I would like to see the team maybe draft a stud tight end next year, but keep Hudson on as your number two tight end, you know, kind of a a good pass catching option there. Uh, Wilcox getting in the mix for 12 yards. He had a first down on that one. Irwin, that 25-yarder, that was a great play. Um, so just a, a nice night all around. Sample had the first down catch in the red zone, one for 11. Uh, Ingram was a problem for the Bengals, nine for 82 for a touchdown. Parker Washington was the name that escaped me earlier, the rookie wide receiver who had the touchdown catch off of the dropped interception from Dax Hill and then also had the muffed punt, six for 61. I think those were his first stats of the year as well. Uh, Etienne also helping out through the air, four for 34. Christian Kirk had the 26-yard catch left with the groin injury right after that. So that's another guy where you go, man, what what could have been for the Jacksonville Jaguars had Kirk and Trevor Lawrence not been injured, but every team sustains those, unfortunately. Four for 26. A couple of big missed opportunities for Calvin Ridley. Uh, big miss. And then same with Zay Jones too. I mean, he had five for 78, but there are a couple where it, it was just, you know, again, inch, inch away, uh, diving, missed the ball, that sort of thing. Um, so no receivers over hundred yards, a couple of them close for the Jaguars. And then look at Jermaine Pratt. He was everywhere. 12 total tackles, uh, tackle for loss. I thought DJ Turner played pretty well. There were some, 
you know, there were some issues there, you know, with the phantom illegal contact call and some other stuff going on there, but uh, he played pretty well. Wouzier played pretty well. He had a pass defended. Jordan Battle did. I mean, he had he had a nice night. Uh, seven total tackles, one sack, uh, a tackle for loss, and a pass defended. DJ Reader was in there on a, a lot of those run stops. I thought Mike Hilton had a nice night from the slot corner position. Five total tackles, including two of them for loss, and a pass defended. BJ Hill was a big part of that run defense as well. Uh, and then Sam Hubbard had the the sack, as did Trey Hendrickson early in the, in the game. Osai had one as well, so the Bengals had four total sacks um, on on defense. And then, of course, you look over here, man. Olukan, oh man, thirteen total tackles, eight solo. Devin Lloyd, eleven total tackles, eight solo. Um, you know they've got some players on that defensive side of the ball. They've got some things to work out, but. Uh, Tyson Campbell, solid player there, but Josh Allen was a mess. Uh, you, let me rephrase that. Josh Allen was a freak and was a provided a mess for the Bengals' offense. One and a half sacks and a pass defended. Two quarterback hits. There was one sack where he just came completely free off the off the edge, and so the Bengals need to start. The same thing happened last week against T.J. Watt. So they need to figure out in their scheme. You, you can't you can't let edge rushers just go unblocked and you can't let Josh Allen and TJ Watt especially go unblocked. So they need to figure that out. Uh, Trayvon Walker, a half sack in this one as well. So, um, and then, you know, you look at, man, the Bengals really leaned heavily on Evan McPherson. Don't call him Josh Elliott, uh, two of three, but man, I mean, it was a 54 yarder. He had, he had a 48 yarder to win it. And then he missed the 57 yarder. I mean, they're just leaning hard on him. So you got to give him some props there. McManus was uh, the kicker for the Jaguars. He hit the 40 yarder late, but missed a 48 yarder, critical, critical one um, in this one. And uh, Travion Williams had a nice uh, one, nice return in this one. Um, and then you look here, you know, Robbins only punted the ball once. It was a short one, but was in the 25 punts forced by the Bengals defense there so that is I mean the Bengals went for it on fourth and so I mean there's kind of some disparity there but man uh, that is some of the stuff happening here I'm going to go to the team stats in just a second but you get a feel for the individual aspects of this game and how and why the Bengals were able to achieve what they achieved so I'm going to give you this one here this is the team stats. Let me pull this up for you. Again, courtesy of ESPN. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised on this one too. The first downs here, 27 to 23. I, you know, I mean, it's fairly even. Passing, passing first down, 17 to 13. Uh, rushing first downs, eight to nine in favor of the Jaguars on that one. Uh, first downs from penalties, two for the Bengals, one for the Jaguars, uh, eight of 14. So the Bengals are slightly better on third down. The Jaguars were six of 15. Bengals were one of two on fourth down. Jaguars were two of two. Bengals ran just a small handful more of play, 72 to 68. Here's the yard differential, though. 491 to 376 net yards. That's that's substantial, especially on the road. 
and backup quarterback. So you like that one again, 12 to 11 drives. Bengals had that last one there. Look at the yards per play, 6.8 for the Bengals, 5.5 for the Jags. So that's a big difference. Passing was pretty even. And then, of course, you've got, uh, you know, pretty high completion percentages for both teams, 33 of 39 and 31 of 39 for uh, Jacksonville. And then, of course, rushing yards. Look at this, 156 yards on the ground, 31 carries for the Bengals. That's what you wanted. And you got 156 out of it, 25 for 71, five yards per carry for the Bengals in this one. And the Bengals were three of three in the red zone. Did have six penalties for 35 yards, seven for 55 for the Jags. And then pretty even on the play, uh, the, the time of possession, 34.03 to 34.12. So, a, a, you know, a lot of stuff that's pretty close. A lot of stuff that, uh, you know, you could say, yeah, hey, that's kind of a coin flip in terms of how that game probably ended up. And then, of course, you look at the total yards and the yards per play. That is tilting to the Bengals' big advantage there. And that was largely what, what kind of pointed to them winning. So that is the box score with the Bengals beating the Jaguars 34 31 in overtime, a thriller. We'll have to see exactly what they do. You know, one of the things, just to kind of close up, one of the things I was interested in seeing was how the Bengals would respond to that Tyler Boyd interception subsequent touchdown allowance by their defense. And, you know, initially, of course, they allowed that touchdown. I go, okay, here you go. This is probably where you fold it up, you know, backup quarterback, and you go, okay, this here's – Jaguars playoff team, et cetera. And granted, Jaguars lost their quarterback not too long after that. But I thought the Bengals showed a lot of fortitude. I thought the Bengals uh, had a lot of positives there that you could look at and, and, you know, take away and say, you know, this isn't a team that's quitting, even though they're, they're, starting quarterback is not around, you know, they're, they're here to stay and uh, they're, you know, uh, what happens the rest of the way we, we will see, but I think they're really going to try and make a run at this thing. Now, I don't know if we can expect Jake Browning to continue to have this kind of sustained success over the next couple of weeks, but uh, if he plays close to the level that we've, we saw tonight, and it wasn't absolutely perfect, but it was it was pretty decent football. I mean, it was good football. Um, if he plays to that level, I think the Cincinnati Bengals have a shot of being a headache for some teams. You know, uh, yeah, I know Cornell here saying anybody. I, 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 so I've been on here, Cornell. I wish I had an update. Hopefully, he is doing well, Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, I, nobody wanted to see that happen to him for sure. But, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Lucas, am I dreaming? Did this really happen? So, uh, yeah, I mean the Bengals, uh, they, they pull out a, a great primetime win, a road win. I believe it's the first road win, at least on Monday night, if not primetime road win since 1990, the first time, uh, I think it's been their most team rushing yards this year, the most, Passing yards by a Bengals quarterback this year. Granted, it did take close to five total quarters, but still, you know, a lot of, hey, let's check that one off the box. 
let's you know let's just boom check that one off the list and and keep going down and hopefully the Bengals continue this momentum make a run of things continue to be competitive and uh, you can tell that the the players aren't giving up the coaches aren't giving up this season at least for now is not lost even though their franchise quarterback will not be playing the rest of the year we'll see what happens some winnable games on the slate we'll see what happens the rest of the way Again, thank you all. I mean, we've got a lot of likes. We got a lot of live viewers. Um, we appreciate. I mean, gosh, for some of you, man, one fifteen, <laughs> if not later, depending on where you're watching. Uh, but appreciate all of you. Fun one for the Bengals. Hopefully, they keep that, that that momentum going and they continue to keep things competitive going forward. I'm Anthony Cazenza. This has been the CincyJungle.com post game report from the orange and black insider Bengals podcast. Give us a, a subscribe on our YouTube channel icon is down below in that bottom corner there. The show icon, click that click subscribe, click the bell to be notified when we go live and when new, new content is available, go to Cincy jungles, Facebook page, give that a thumbs up. Gosh, there's about 80, 85,000 people or so going strong there. And of course, please subscribe to the Cincy jungle podcast channel through your favorite audio streamer all the major ones leave us a review there check out all the shows we've got on the slate and have some fun with those appreciate all of you have yourself a great rest of the week we'll be bringing you more content on the channel talking some bangles as they get set to take on the indianapolis colts next week we'll see what happens take care everybody and hey bangles bangles win bangles win we'll take it overtime 34 31 take care Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.